Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. This totally cannot be. You're early. That is not the per. So who is this? <laughs> I, I had an unexpectedly lighter morning. Does that ever happen? Doesn't that ever happen? It happens. It doesn't happen to you, though. <laughs> no, for some reason this week. Well, this is kind of a quiet week for some reason. For well, uh, Easter, the projects Easter. working on. Uh, well, not because of that. There's like. I'm, I'm one of my projects is this massively huge uh, rollout uh, of software to like 6,000 uh, properties. And uh, we're in this pause week right now. So it's, it's all going to be mayhem again. So, next so week. your change management <laughs> folks must be getting ready to go crazy. What's that? Your change management folks must be getting ready to go crazy. Oh, they've already gone crazy. They've, they've lost it. We, we only, we only rolled out 66, properties and they're already like treading water so <laughs> it's going to be fun when we start well, doing it at a time bad. okay so obviously your software company doesn't understand change management is the way we understand change management uh, no no they have yeah they have no no clue <laughs> it, well, it's so funny kind of thing. it's more of a uh they, i don't know if they really believe in it it's uh, it's more of a oh, this is how it's gonna be. So you're gonna have to live with it, bah, 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 kind of thing. But well, <laughs> what you know, what what they need to do there is to put developers on the helplines, mm -hmm. and they oh, will yeah. suddenly yeah, go, really. oh, <laughs> we 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 kind of forgot to document that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still in Texas? I'm still in Texas. I will probably, more than likely, let's see. I, I would expect to be here through the end of the month anyway, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if she gets her house. Because once once she once Rose's house kicks in and is habitable, according to the state, um, then other things kick off on my end, like moving stuff and and. And I'm going to try to get the house ready for pictures within the next couple of days. So we mm -hmm. can have that ready to go. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, and I've got to have the, the lawn mowed in our, and, and some, and some uh, from the freeze, the freeze took out four bushes. One of them, oh, one of them's more of a, more of a tree than a bush. So, I mean, it's, it's dead as it can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, is so we get we're gonna have to take those down before before um, probably putting the house up for sale because I don't think it'll look very good to have them just dead dead trees on your property. Um, You've never had that that, to, that that severe weather before, right? It's never been yeah, that before. We've had, but um, coming back, I don't remember it. As severe as this was, and I guess it was February or early March, I don't remember it. It's been like 40, around 40 years since it's been that bad. Oh, wow. So it has so, been that at some point. Oh, yeah, it's been that bad before. Um, it used to happen like uh, probably every four to five years, but this is, 
This is why I don't, I remember it being cold and it's been cold before, but sub zero cold, it doesn't get that, it doesn't get that cold here very often. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I guess I'd have to go back and look at the weather records, but that's, but I really don't remember. I was, my sister and I were talking about it. I've only been in sub zero temperatures twice in my life that I know of. And one of them was here, was this last one. And the other one was in Lubbock. And around 1978 or 79. So you're lucky so, you haven't really experienced cold weather that much. No, I mean, uh, not the, not, uh, I, from a Canadian, I, I have no, I don't have anything that you'd be talking about. I don't even know what you're like, you're, you're probably be down here in short sleeve weather. So. <laughs> yeah, we do tend to, we do tend to, uh, to wear shorts when it soon as it goes over zero <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> well, I was telling my sister, my sister, my sister's kind of a cold nature person. And I, and I'm, when I went to grad school, the weekend, the, when I was moving, it, I left here, this is here in Abilene. It was, it was um, 12 degrees when I left. Mm. And the truck that I was driving in had no heater. Oh. And it was it was college station. So it was about a it was about a five, maybe six hour, about a five and a half hour drive both ways in one day. So it got up from twelve degrees down in Bryan, it got up to nineteen degrees. We unloaded, had people help me unload the um, the all the moving stuff. And then I drove back that day mm-hmm. and kind of, kind it's a long of, day. <laughs> it was a very long day, but some, I, I think something happened because I think it reset my, my internal thermometer because ah. after getting that cold for that long a period of time, I don't really get that as cold as I used to. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I know it's all emotional and it's all kind of based on norms, but I, I think my norm was reset. And I was telling my sister, I said, this might have happened to you too, because they, they couldn't keep their house up like, like uh, during the daytime. It's around 70, 70 or 72 degrees. Well, it got down into 50, down into the 50s, because they didn't have any mm-hmm. power. And I, I think it reset her her temperature too, because now she's able to keep the house cooler than she was. So I bet you that can happen in one day like that. Well, it wasn't just one. Well, for me, it was it was hours. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it was I was I was out in it below below nineteen degrees for more than let's see for more than twelve hours. So I, I, I think it set it or that's what I think. I, I, I think it can reset it, but most people were not, I didn't have any choice. I had to be out in the cold and that was essentially the same thing. Cause if you've got a choice, you're going to get warmer. And I'm, I kind of think that Lori and Gary, they would get in the car and drive, drive around so they wouldn't get too cold. Right. (laughs) So I, but I, I do think it reset her temperature. You're made of you hardier like, stuff than that. I'm sorry. Right. Say it again. I said you're made of hardier stuff than that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I know I am, but I'm such a weenie whenever it gets cold. 
I don't mind it getting hot. Uh, uh, unless it gets so hot, I have to take all my clothes off to stay cool because there's no reason that we have to sit around naked. That's what I tell. I tell my roommate. That's huh? that's, it's, it's it's more the humidity than the heat, right? Oh no! In Texas, it's uh, when it's when it's getting into the ninety-five and ninety-eight. It ain't humidity; it's heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I told my roommate uh, he was he didn't really believe in air conditioning until I've, I've I've I looked at him and said, "Okay, I can't get any more clothes off than I have now, or I would be naked, and there is no way." We should have to be naked to stay cool in this house. So I turned. Even being naked will not cool you off, man. It does not help. Well, it won't get you hot either. So that's the whole thing: is you you're not going to get hotter. And I so I had on a a, this particular instance. I remember I was wearing um, some white uh, rugby shorts, which I used to wear a lot. I used to wear them all the time. And that you know they're short, so I mean I mean about boxer size and that's as much clothes as i had on and i was still sweating i said okay you know i can't get any cooler than this so we got to do something about turning the air conditioner on and and now that i think about it huh go ahead keep going well the lady the the manager of the apartments was our downstairs neighbor Mm -hmm. and she said no wonder see i was telling her about this she's no wonder my air conditioning was so bill was so high last month. You got sitting up there, <laughs> letting the heat letting the heat out because uh, I'm sure they're not those apartments are not constructed with insulation between the between the apartments. So she, she said, hey, well, "This was back in the mm, let's see, eighty eight, I guess. Yeah, eighty eight. And and she said it was, for her apartment it was two hundred and like two hundred fifty dollars for the sun for that month, which was high back then. That was really high. So you know, whatever. So what are we going to talk about this morning? We're kind of all over the map like we are. What did you want to? What did you want? Well, last to pick? week we talked about. I talked about how I just had this weird revelation thinking about how everything is just a set of checklists, no matter what it is. It's just a different set of tasks on the list. And and I said, oh, I'm going to write that down for next week to see if we can talk about it. But you, you're probably going to like shoot me down in like a three seconds. No, <laughs> because I mean, I would be going against my 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 thing on on change management because yes, that's essentially what it is. Right. Is that that um, you have lots of little tasks, you have lots of little buttons, and you? I, I think it's the same way of software development. I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine in Alabama. She's she's an I, I want to say she's like a deep state analyst. She didn't think that she is, but she's so deep into it that she doesn't even know. So she looks at global data and then tries to figure out what happened. Uh, that's the mm-hmm like the 100,000 foot level of what she does. And she right. was telling me she was dealing with 5 million data points. And she's upset that Excel didn't take 5 million data points. Oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think you're going to be able to convince uh, uh, Microsoft to change that. You're just going to have to learn a new tool. And um, so we were talking about trying to uh, trying to make sense out of it. Imagine... Five million data points. 
So I said, how do you approach 5 million data points? You've got to have a, at 5 million points of data, you've got to have a framework, which is check, that's a checklist basically is, is, or a category or however you want. You've got to have discrete data so you can make sense out of it. And, yep. and I, my guess is that she, she doesn't pay attention to her frameworks. She's not been using them so long. She, they're like second nature to her. Although then she was telling, well, everything is different. I said, yes, everything is different, but you have to make sense out of it into something we understand. Which mm-hmm. means you, you got to take 5 million data points and make it meaningful. And, and you know, that's essentially what, what you're talking about on the checklist is, is it meaningful enough for action? And and, is, is, and the funny thing is, you're talking. I I don't even believe I don't even believe in checklist. I I, I did it at work because I was being paid to do it. But for me personally, ha, I I've tried so many times to get them started, and I I just don't have that kind of mind. I, I work differently. The thing is, I mean, that isn't that what isn't that what isn't that like the key productivity tool of of humanity? Is the checklist? Is the to-do list? Well, you're hitting on one. You're hitting on one of the things that I think is one of the key tools. And when I say the word, you're going to go, "Oh, you're deep in the weeds now." But I really would like to know um, the matrix. Where did we come up with the matrix? Because I've seen, um, like ancient Egyptian exhibits, where they have a matrix to is is like a way to keep track of stuff right so that you know it's at least like four thousand years old and it's i think it's one of the one of the um it's one of the meta meta like high level meta stuff that we don't ever think about well it's like always only the human brain could have come up with (laughs) well you know i don't know if it's the human brain that came up but whoever I think it's more important than the wheel, actually. Yeah. Um, because it's it's a way to structure our thoughts to where we can do something with them, mm-hmm. which kind of your checklist is like downstream from that. But I, I really do for some reason, and I, and I it, so back in the '90s, you had a whole lot of um, a whole lot of books that were coming out about the origins of. Uh, a left prime and all, and all these kind of mathematical high level stuff that that I never even knew about. So you, but I couldn't ever find anything on the origins of the matrix. Mm. And I'm not talking about the Keanu, the Keanu Reeves. Oh no no, matrix no movie. Talking I'm talking about the actual matrix. You're talking about a table. Yeah, rows and columns. Rows and columns, and it's a thinking tool. I. I, I but how long have we been using it as our thinking tool? Because then it becomes a, a part of our reality where we think about rows and columns. I, I mean, yep. you know, when you when you think about that, why are we using this particular format for columns? And why do we use a different format uh, or type of information for rows? And mm. and I'm sure I'm sure with your data background, in software, you probably have a really good answer for that, but I don't have a really good answer for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, 
and, and it's interesting that you should mention that because there are, you know, there's the new NoSQL or uh, types of databases which are completely different from that. They're not, they're not rows and columns at all, right? They're yeah. Not they're well, uh, key value pairs or, or totally different ways of constructing and connecting data, which are really hard to conceptualize, right? Because if you think about it, it's pretty easy to conceptualize a table, right? <laughs> you can well, talk. it is now because after 4,000, well, more than 4,000 years, like 6,000 years of using it, we're pretty, we're pretty used to it. So, yeah. So when, when, uh, when somebody came up with different ways of, of storing data, then uh, th those things were more efficient for, for computers because they had to do with uh, retrieval, you know, storage and retrieval, right? Because if you think about a table, you have to find, like if you want to store data in the table, then the data has to be structured, right? So it has to be structured. What are right. the rows, what are the columns, you know? And then you have to put stuff in the, those rows. You have to put stuff in the columns. And, and from, a, from a size perspective, uh, you need to have however many columns for however much data you have. Even if there's no data there, the column needs to exist, right? So it takes up a lot of space. So the, the concept with uh, the, the NoSQL or the, the, the sort of tableless data is more like, like one of them, for example, is key value pairs, right? So it's just a key and a value and you just toss it into this giant pool it's of data. And then you just, you, you access that 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 thing that value just by sending a key so you said hey send me data point number 73 and data point 73 could have could be long could be short could be could have <clears throat> a long list of fields could have a short list of fields could have anything could be any size but it's kind of like it's sort of like a randomized retrieval mechanism so it's hard for human beings to understand because it's just like a big pot of stuff that you kind of like and the computer reaches in for it and pulls it out we don't have to worry about sorting through it to pull it out because the computer does that for us. Whereas with a regular um, table, you know, we can do our own sorting because we could just go, oh, row 73. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's what I was looking for. Well, so maybe it's not. So as you were talking, one of the things is, so are the attributes key to the um, what do you call it? A key? Well, yeah, key you have data to ask point. some way of retrieving that piece of data, right? Well, so how, so how do you, so, okay, yeah, you're right. This is hard for me to conceptualize a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. How do you look at the attributes of the data to know that this is, this is apples and this is oranges, or this is fruit and this is citrus? How does, how does, I mean, if you're trying to save space, somehow or another, you have to make those part of the data point too. And that looks like it would take as much space as, as a table would. No, because some, some uh, rows are, would be smaller than others, right? So if you think about a table, uh, every row is gotta be the exact same length, right? Because it's got the exact same number of columns. So if you have a data a table of data, with 10 rows and 10 columns, then you are taking up, you know, a hundred slots. Right. Even some of those slots are empty. In a NoSQL database, you've got, uh, imagine the rows as being independent of the columns. So some rows have 
two columns. Some rows have 10 columns. Some rows have 20 columns. But all you do is use, look at the key in the row to, to retrieve that particular piece of data. You still have to scan through the whole damn thing if you're looking for a piece of data in the file, but the call that doesn't have to it doesn't have to have as many columns as there are row as uh, like every row. Well, I, yeah, okay. So by reducing the call, let, let's say that we're only using uh, let's see, I think you said we're only using two columns out of out of the ten that are available to. So you're saving eight column space. Yeah, exactly. Our digital. You don't, even need, you don't even need to track those columns because those columns don't exist in the right. database unless they need to exist. So if there's a record that like for like, say, like an example, like um, an address field, right? So an address field, you know, address has got what? Street address, street, suite, right? Apartment number, right? Uh, you know, city, state, blah, blah, blah. So stuff, some stuff like for example, uh, uh, you know, um, the street address, the number, the street name, the state, the city, the, you know, the, the state, all of that is probably required, but then there's something, the suite number, you know, you don't need that because not everybody lives in an apartment. So that could just drop off. It doesn't exist on this record as a field at all. So it's just not there anymore. So, so each one of these little nuggets of data is different from every other nugget of data. And the only thing that make, makes them consistent is that you retrieve them with a key. So that's, that's a diff completely different way of thinking about it. And it makes it difficult for humans. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like, it's a less human palatable way of retrieving and storing data. Cause it's basically so when you're saying key, you're notebook that you just have to flip through every page to get to it not an index where you can go, Oh, I just want to go to page 73. Well, that's, that's where I was going to go. So the key is like an index that points to the data point. Okay, well, I'm going to have but to actually, still have I'll to probably have to think search, about that for a while. You still have to search through the entire thing to find it. You can't just look down that row. Sorry, you can't just look down that column. So you say, oh, I just want to show me show me people who live in, in California. So you can't just look down that column. You have to you have to retrieve everyone, and you have to retrieve everyone that has a, has a state of California. <laughs> so it's not it's not as easy. But anyway, and then there's others, there are other structures out there like network, like graph databases, which are even more complicated because those are uh, those yeah. graphing. I, I totally, I, that was part of my social networking analysis stuff. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I really understand the, I understand the, 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 I don't even say the theory behind it. I understand kind of how it works. Um, that it takes vast amounts of data and, and finds relationships between them um, yeah. to point out like, um, what do they call them? But the question I have for you is, is the table a symbol of white supremacy and should we destroy it? <laughs> you know, I know <laughs> it's, <laughs> do they, do they, <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Uh, and do the origins. <laughs> What's that? They're going to have, why, why? Uh, it's telling me my internet connection is unstable. 
Oh, there you That's go. See, I said something um, and Zoom was listening in. <laughs> yeah, well, why most of this stuff comes from from Greek or Arab. Yeah. Or in in, in some cases in uh, Indian um, uh, subcontinent Indian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How in the world it's been filtered through um the the western heritage and this is so funny because i've I've been through this before Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean we did the i thought we were done with this back in the 90s but it's like it's all back man why does well yeah but why does origin why does origin matter Mm. it's a tool it's it's if it's if it works uh, regardless of which race came up with it if it is a productive tool for all races, why does it matter who claims the origin of it? Because, you know, I, I, I've, I've been thinking. And if you're going to get rid of it, what do you have in place of it? Because that's what, that's, okay, let's get rid of it. What do you got to take its place? There is nothing to take its place because we're only talking about destruction. I know, that's the thing. (laughs) Well, here's my theory. It's that behind all of this stuff, it's like everyone talks about, you know, how systemic all this stuff is. And the reason why things are the way they are is because of these systems and the structures that are in place, right? But the thing is, you can work within those structures. And and you're right. I mean, the origin of the structure should have nothing to do with whether the structure is useful or not, right? And because because if the structure works, then it works, right? And you can, it's been proven to right. work. Right. And it's been proven to work by everybody. You can't just point to the structure and say only white people or only black people or only Asian people are are succeeding with this structure. The structure works for everybody. Right. And but there's some people who are saying, you know, the structure is is biased one way or another and it needs to be torn down. And if you look at the, you know, the backing of all these things, it's just it's just we're just back to Marxism again, isn't it? We're back to what now? Marxism. Did you say Marxism? Just back to Marxism again. Well, I all information is biased. This back, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I've told you this before. When I was taking our persuasion courses, we had uh, our our professor ask us, um, "How do we feel about manipulation?" Mm-hmm. Okay. Manipulation. I ter- I personally, we all manipulate. We cannot not manipulate. Yes, that now, is true. And so, when, so when this is a problem, this and I think I know we've talked about this before. Is the problem with with the news media is it's a summarization of the of what happened, and at mm-hmm. some point bias is going to get in now. As much as they want it to be objective, that is a, and we talked about this too, facts are really, really hard to put, put together. I mean, right. they're reporting, reporting the fact is it happened. Okay, then what? Once you, once you take it out of, the, out of the observation that it happened, now it becomes an abstraction and then it becomes subject to bias. Mm-hmm. You, you, language, even memory, is subject to bias. It's hard to it's hard to do it. Even let's see when I was when I was kind of working on group facilitation, 
they they would they would talk to us about it. Make sure you repeat the words as close to the way they said it before you capture it or before you build your agreements on it because you want to make sure that the words that you wrote down is what they meant for you to write down mm-hmm. and and you'd be surprised how difficult that is even if you're in the room because what i hear and what they said doesn't mean it's the same thing no, exactly exactly so even so, when you're when you're observing something it's still filtered by your human right. type yeah. Well, even not in, not even intent. Um, I, I think we get all, intent moves into the realm of psychology mm. and motivation. I mean, your motive you're you're trying to capture motivation when you're trying to capture intent. Well, I can I can tell you most people do not have a notion of what they intended to do. They all have right. they kind of start out. And they kind of get there, and, and then they refine it as they go. But I can tell you, it, when you write that, when you write down goals, uh, and we talked about this too, risk management. It's you refine the risk as you understand it better. It, mm-hmm. you, it becomes very concrete, almost not not to the point of of, um, of binary yes or no, but it's very close to it, and and as you grow more familiar with it, you refine it better and you, you phrase it. We, I mean, I, when I talked about risk management, one of the things we do is, you know, that's not really what we were worried about. And, and so, uh, I was, like I said, I was talking to a friend, she said, you're too, you're too much in the weeds. And I said, that's communication. Whenever people say that's, you're too much in the weeds. Okay. What I'm, what I usually think is, is we're getting right down to the nut, and they don't like how it's how it's being how it's being well, um, framed. Nobody likes, nobody likes to get to the nut. Well, I, but the, that's the whole thing. Is if it, one of one of my thinking tools is how's it going to look in the room, mm-hmm. and I, so I, it, it's when I'm doing something, I'm because this is a, it's also a communication exercise. What is it going to look like when it comes out? Is it going to look this way? And a lot of times what I have in my head and what I actually was going to say is not the same thing. It, it, it's, it, it makes you make it con- concrete. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're getting to is, is they, they, don't, they don't like abstractions when they're talking about mathematics they're talking about it in abstraction that they, and I think the bigger thing is they don't like abstractions because math is an abstract, is an abstraction of reality. Yeah. And they don't like that. And I, and I totally get it, but we don't have, if if you don't, if you're going to throw it away, once again, you're throwing the baby away with the bathwater. What have you got that's better that replaces it? And, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't see any other, uh, I guess we're waiting for the aliens to show up with a different type of mathematics and will <laughs> it even be mathematics? I don't know. Well, if I, honestly, you and I have talked about quantum stuff. Well, that is a, that's got to have a new mathematics within the quantum world. Yeah. So, so the, the, here's my question. Okay. 
So we have all of these people talking about structural racism, systemic racism, and how the system is set up to only support one race over another, right? And all they're talking about is sort of destroying the system and not replacing it with anything. I mean, there's no real um, solution to this, right? Because it just leads straight to destruction, right? The only way to get through it is to convince yeah. these people that no, its system is not biased. <laughs> towards uh, I, that's everybody. the strangest thing. It just dropped off. So, Hello? Can yeah. you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, you're there. Yeah. Did you hear so, what I said? No, I didn't. So for probably about the last 20, 30 seconds, I didn't hear it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. So there's this, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of calls over the last little while talking about how, you know, there's this structural racism and structural things are been, like everything has been designed, especially the United States, to support you know one race over another or one gender over another but it's true that that um what we were talking about earlier i think you know you're right these systems are are more generic than that right it's just right. You know, some some people have been able to use the system more effectively than others right at least that's my, what i'm thinking but is there any truth to their to do you think their their point that they think that it's it's biased one way or another well, I think I, I said it is biased because it's it's a summary. It's it's taking it's taking a concrete something, and communication is about abstraction. I mean, there is no con. If you're talking about communication, you're an abstraction by even using a word. I mean, you know. We've talked. We've talked about this before. I'm, at some point, we've talked about it. But communication is abstraction. It, I mean, it's, it's, if you look at something, I, I used to. I used to in my speech class. I would say, "What would we call this if we couldn't call it red? What would it be?" Right. And I was holding a color of something with red as a color, or something like that. What 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 other color could well and, and it's so hard for the kids to think of calling it any other name and it's it goes with Shakespeare and yet uh, Rose by you know the name is still smells as sweet it's still the object it just has a different label on it right but the abstraction is is where the bias comes in and I can kind of see their point after centuries of bias there's a there's but then then what they're going to have to go do is rebuild all and, and get back to the origins and take bias out and i don't know what tools that they have other than language to do that which is an abstraction to start with well that's what i'm saying is that there's no there there is no way there's no system outside the system nope <laughs> until we get uh telepathy where i at where you can transmit to me what you actually mean, there's no there's no way around language. Language is yeah. the is the limiting factor. Yeah, the system is all there is. There's no there's nothing else. Like you can't you can't tear it down because you have nothing to replace it with that has any contextual meaning for anybody. Well, yeah, I mean, 
isn't that kind of one of the things why Esper and I'm 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 really about to talk out of my head. Esperanto, wasn't that kind of the thought behind yes. that is to have a non-biased language from the get-go? That's right. That's right. And it but failed. it hasn't taken off. I don't speak Esperanto. Do you? No, no. And the only time I've ever seen Esperanto used is uh, remember Red Dwarf? That show Red yeah. Dwarf. They actually had signs in Esperanto. The signs they were there. It was interesting that they did that. That that they they postulated that at some point in the future we would have some type of communal language. But we all know that's not going to happen. Oh, I just I just can't. I can't see it happening because the, um, this kind of goes with my belief that I don't believe. I believe the universal is much harder to reach than than we pretend it to be. Right. Uh, you and I tend to go meta, but even w when we go meta, they're still meta above what we're at. Right. Um, and so there's levels of abstraction and as try as concrete as we try to get there will always there there's an, an infinite amount of, of abstractions if you really think about it right hmm. that's what i'm thinking a lot of this a lot of this it's like do do these people understand that what they're trying to do is going to fail like there's no possible way it will work well, uh, as I'm thinking, when I was thinking about multiple levels of distraction, part of the other thing is, is language is violence. You've, you've probably heard that too. And the language yep. is violence, yep. which is in some case true, but it's not necessarily physical violence. It's mental violence because mm -hmm. the way I think about something and the way you think about something may be in conflict with each other. And to get to agreement, one of us has to concede to the other. Correct. Which would mean giving my my framework over to, over you, which would which would essentially mean commit my. Uh, uh, let's see, I'm not commit. Um, give up the way that I think the language is give up my power to you because I'm I'm using your frame. Mm -hmm. I understand that intellectually, I understand it, but if you don't have there's not a way for consensus of agreement to happen without giving up something. There's a, there's a gain, there's a gain of, of understanding, but if you don't give up something, there's not a gain of understanding. Mm -hmm. But they're not willing to give anything up. No, I mean, if you're not willing to give an, I mean, uh, um, this goes back to when we we've talked about compromising and and um, collaboration. You, I truly believe collaboration is being used to mean compromise. That's what I really I I think the language has changed to where they are using compromise as are using collaboration to what when they mean uh, I'm not compromised cooperate. Right. And they those are not the same things. They are fundamentally not the same things mm -hmm. but people think they are because the language is kind of well we're, we're all going to collaborate on this okay how's that different from cooperating 
Well, it's the same thing. Then why didn't you say cooperate? Because collaboration is a higher level action than cooperating. But no one, they're not interested in co cooperation. They're interested in destruction. <laughs> With no replacement. Well, no. I mean, that's, that's why I'm thinking this is so, this is just smacks of Marxism, right? It's basically all that it is. It's not really, well, yeah. they don't really yeah. want equality. They don't want really want equity. They don't really want any of these things. They just want power. It's all about power. It's like no matter whatever they say, you know, they say, oh, we want, we want more chances for this, or we want allyship, or we want this, or like all of this stuff, all of this woke stuff that's floating around, it's all about the same thing. It's all about redistribution of power. No, no, it's about aggregation of power. And they're not they're not trying to give it away. They're trying to take it away. Right. So they're so, trying to power. They want to redistribute it from the people who are in power now to the people who are not in power now. And that goes back to what, what we've talked about in culture. I believe culture, when you're talking about a culture, it is set up for the people in power. You may not know who they are. But there's somebody in the background that is pulling, that is that is enjoying the benefits of the way the culture is set up for them, at the expense of everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that, and if that's the case, if if that's what they're trying to get at, is the power is by disrupting the power structure, they will unseat. And I'm like, you folks are really naive if you think that, that a, a you can attack power structures that way it, they don't they are that's why they they've maintained power structures for centuries because the people will try to attack them deductively instead of intuitively what, what do you mean by that so uh, they try to attack power structures like problem solving and at a certain point, you've got to you've got to step out of the problem solving model and go after the power structures intuitively, or uh, another way with moralistic or or some argument, but you cannot problem solve it because you're in the same. Hello. Are you still there? Hello. I knew it. They've done it. They cut us off. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Are you still there? I knew it had to be within the same framework that created the problem. So you're using the same. I wonder if it's just me. I'm getting a lot of delays. I, you, you totally paused, and I can't hear you. I couldn't hear you for a while. And well, I didn't even notice it. This time it was me talking and not you. So I noticed it last time because you just you you just dropped out, and I couldn't. You weren't saying anything. You normally give me affirmation, like uh huh, or something, which is I need to do that more. So, <laughs> uh, what was the last thing that I was saying? Um, you just you. I, I, we lost all of it. Or at least I lost all of it. So you were talking oh, about my, the most profound thought I ever had in my life, and it's and it's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Zoom for you. Well, we were talking about things you know, that were a lot to be talked about, right? 
All that stuff is. Uh, we must be. We must be really hitting the power structures really hard right now. <laughs> oh, they figured it out. We we I can't let this bit out. We must be. We got to. We got to tone down our language, right? <laughs> just like, just like we can't say anything about election fraud. Like you say one yeah, thing. About, really. I mean that 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 really. I I find that really insane that they're so that they're so tied up on that. That you can't say anything about uh, election fraud in last year's election, but otherwise you're banned. You're just like totally banned. It's insane how 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 lined up everybody is on this. That you can't say anything about it. Well, there. So I I I think the algorithms are having a hard time because I get I I get my point across quite often on mm -hmm. election fraud. Now really? I don't. Um, in, in fact, um, there's some stuff on um, Patriot Wind this morning about Georgia, Pennsylvania, I think Arizona, at least four states uh, that I've got to go back and look at because it's, it's a whole bunch of information about um, anomalies uh, related to counties. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some, some pretty... Any data science to look as well, that's, that's you got to explain that anomaly. At, even just looking at it, it's, it's, okay, I don't really understand why this is like this and all the rest of it's not like that. So, so I, I, I haven't really what I get, what I get mostly is the vaccine. You talk <laughs> about uh, they're. Election, yeah, but they're really worried about the vaccine stuff. I, I I put a I put a thing on, I guess Saturday, Sunday morning, something like that, about a um, virologist who uses a football metaphor to explain what the vaccine is likely doing to our um, immune systems, which is re <laughs> really good. But boy, did I it's like I got hit with the COVID thing, and then fact checkers. Uh, missing context. Oh, I love that one. Missing context. <laughs> it's an abstraction. It's a metaphor. Exactly. That's exactly what it does. Have they moved on from the? So they moved on from election fraud. I find that interesting. I thought they'd still they would still have that as a. Oh, as I'm a, sure. Once they figured, once they tuned the algorithm, they just let it run. I I, I haven't done that much with election fraud and oh, probably about a month or so. But these new these new things, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save them, because as things start coming out, they're getting down to the nitty gritty. Where we're in Arizona, where they have access to do the audit, but they don't want to give them the building to do the audit in. I'm like, <laughs> and then the the guy in Georgia wants he doesn't want to give them the the actual ballots. He wants to give them the digital representation of the ballot. Oh, brother. <laughs> okay. There obviously something's going on, right? Obviously. Well, that, something. Yeah. <laughs> something is going on because they backed them up into a wall at, at some mm -hmm. point. And so the, um, the one in Arizona, uh, I don't know how you've kept up with it, but it's, it's the, 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 um, State, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Congress, but that's not exactly what I'm trying to, 
the state legislatures, uh, like the Congress and the House, have subpoenaed the the state the voting um, information from Maricopa County. They still haven't given it to them. They've they've denied subpoenas. They didn't have, you know, you can't tell us what to do is essentially what they were trying to do. They had judges do it. They didn't. They said the judge didn't, uh, were, the judge didn't have standing or something like that. They have delayed and delayed. So the, if I understood it right, the Arizona legislature passed the law that says they do have the ability to go in there and get this, this public, supposed to be some publicly owned data. Because mm-hmm. we paid for the, 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 people paid for the election, the people should be able to look at it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, they don't want the people to look at it. And so obviously some, there that they don't want people to see. <laughs> of course, we all know that. Everybody knows that. But at the at the point at the moment, we're at an we're at an abstraction that is fixedly uh, uh, within the risk community. It's about to become a realized risk. They, mm. they, they have mitigation strategies, which is the back and forth, but at some point, boundaries hit. And uh, this, is, this is something that I think really grates against the progressive and the left. And I'm not gonna say Democrats in general, but certainly progressives and the left, however you wanna construct that. Boundaries make them crazy. They hate mm-hmm. boundaries. And mm-hmm. so what they've been backed up to is on the continuum. They're finally getting to where there is little, uh, uh, there's little fig leaf to hide under. I mean, I mean, going in and saying the because the subpoena doesn't say that you can do it in the building, then the legislature came, well, that, that creates chain of custody things because we'll have to hire somebody to do it and transport it and all that stuff. If you leave it in the building and then the, 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 uh, the board of supervisors of Maricopa County could say, well, this, it was fine while it was here. This happened while it left our custody into your custody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Plausible de- deniability goes out when you, when you don't, when you don't let them take it out of the building, I guess. Yeah. You know all of the stuff that's going on. Is it going to make any a bit of difference? I well, yes, eventually, because um, the the systems that we had in place were disrupted. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So new system. I mean, I'm, humans are really good about coming up with new systems whenever their old systems uh, have fallen apart. So the uh, one of the things whenever I, I would think about in systems is we would talk about workarounds. When we're doing change management, if you start getting into workarounds, you know your system is not that good because there's a workaround it. Mm-hmm. The system that you have in place needs a supplement of some kind. A lot of times it's a spreadsheet, which goes back to a matrix. Um, when you hear your users talking about, uh, we need a workaround, it means that you're, that your design uh, and implementation has not been to the benefit of the end user. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand at some point, nothing is perfect and you're going to have to eventually come, but also workarounds are an ad hoc. And a lot of times within systems, they will ad hoc and ad hoc and ad hoc. 
until it's so corrupted that they have to go back and re and redo the system. Right. Which is an egregious thing. Nobody, which is essentially we've ad hoced our way and what, and, and the people that are trying to tear all this stuff down is okay. We're tired of the ad hocs. So let's go back to basics. Yeah. The, it's, it's basically time we need to take on the, the basketball football coach, approach of we're going to we're going to have a great team but we're going to work on the fundamentals Mm -hmm. and i i don't know that we're constructed to go back to euclid and pythagoras and in um archimedes and all of those things that are the foundation for the and are i mean I, i can guarantee having read aristotle we're not ready to go back and and redo aristotle Mm-hmm. We're we're uh, we would have to read and understand what he's trying to t- tell us because he was really the first one of the first that tried to take it out of abstract and put it into concrete. Right. But it, I oh man, if you've ever, you've read him because you you're a philosophy major, you read him so you yep. know what it's like. But most people don't understand the level of detail you have to do to deal with the abstract yeah but they'll probably look at it and go well we don't need to do that because we want to yeah. focus on, you know we we only want to tear it down we don't we don't want to make it we don't want to change it we or make it better or yeah. go back to fundamentals you know um we just want to maybe be the, the maybe the pardon we just want to be the ones in power well i, I mean yes everybody wants to be in power because they want it their way but that's yeah. not how it works. At some point, those empires, I mean, kind of what you're seeing is uh, within the within the uh, within the conspiracy community. What uh, this is this is essentially a paradigm change is what what they think is going on, mm-hmm. or a, or a, uh, a new consciousness. Is a, and right. I'm I'm starting to see that quite a bit more. There's a new consciousness of evolving, and unfortunately, we're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and, and we're having we're having to deal with the angst and the, and the anxiety and all that stuff that goes along with it, and certainly the uncertainty because, as I understand, paradigm changes within science, within society, it is it's going to be much more disruptive than what we're ready for I, I, I what is this what is this is this this is the is this the great awakening or the great reset or the great is that what well, you're talking see about? so that so that's an interesting question that you asked me that's mm-hmm. two different paradigms one one is paradigm of control and the other one is paradigm parad- of, of lessening control mm-hmm. I, I think and that's framing it uh beneficial but is this goes back to what you talked about me about with Babylon 5 is that is there were the people who were destructive created destructivity and then concert conservative creativity I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to the say creative disruption and uh yeah and I, you know when when we talked about that I I got it but mm-hmm. because I in in my mind um I've heard, well, essentially since I've got an education, I've heard of the Library of Alexandria and its destruction. How, oh, we lost centuries of writings of great thinkers 
And I'm like, you know, I actually think that we wouldn't be where we were if they hadn't burned that damn thing down. We had to recreate it from scratch, which is essentially the same thing that they're trying to do with with tear, tearing down math. It's I, I do believe it has. I do believe it has purpose. I don't believe that. I don't believe we're ready to start from scratch. I really don't. Oh no, I don't think I don't think we are either. I don't think they understand what they're what they're asking for. I don't think they do either. I don't think. Yeah. I, I think. I think in theory they think. Oh, you know, the theory of power or the philosophy of power is is something most people don't understand. I'm not going to say that I do. I understand why why it's addictive, and I don't think people are willing to give up power over others. If they yeah. have it, they really do anything they can do to keep it. Oh, absolutely. And I almost think that all of this stuff is just sort of window dressing, and the real the real stuff is happening underneath. And behind these the scenes, useful, yeah, they're just behind the scenes, and these these people are just useful idiots. Who are <laughs> well? We have Babylon Five, and we have the Vorlons, and uh, what the was the other one? The shadows. The shadows. Yeah. So you know, you got I the shadows and the Vorlons. <laughs> the shadows. And we're in the middle of it. To destroy. They wanted the, the cycle of chaos. For yes. Races evolve into the full potential. They must go through cycles of chaos, growth through pain and struggle, conflict and war. Weak races die. Strong races made even stronger. Right. So that's, is that what we're going through now? That's, it sounds like that's what they're asking for. That's what they well, want. it sounds it sound like we're, we're going through it and, and maybe what's happening possibly is as we're going through it, they're trying to put in the meta structures after we go through it. Mm. Because is, is, and is that, is I that don't think it works that way. That I think, <laughs> pardon? Is that why Bill Gates is buying all that land? Well, that, that could be it. Uh, who knows uh, who I, I spent I haven't spent hardly any time on what he's trying to do I have no idea what he thinks he's doing he's buying so up land he actually had some land to sell and was contacted by the Gates Foundation or contacted by him saying hey you interested in selling your land to me and I thought well that sounds really fishy <laughs> Like well, I, I don't know if you're hearing about this, but I'm, I've, I've heard the same thing is in Oklahoma. The Chinese mm -hmm. are buying the land in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm like, okay, why would China be buying Oklahoma? Because there, there's not a whole lot there in Oklahoma. I can, having been through it a few times, there's just not much there. But they're sure just buying land for, for farms? Well, there's there's yeah. underneath it is oil. There's uh, still uh, there's still oil underneath that. So, mm. well, it's a smart move. If you know, if you've got a lot of money, you know, buy as much property as you can, right? I mean, own the world. Well, you know, if they were if they were just trying to buy property, why aren't they buying up the sands in Arizona? Or the Sahara Desert has that been subdivisioned? I don't think so. Is there anything in the Sahara of value? That's what, that's the whole point is what's in. So where the money goes is where the value is. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah. At some point, they're buying stuff in Oklahoma, and o- Oklahoma's been producing oil for at pretty close to 100 years. And mm-hmm. there's still oil under there. So there's... there's it's harder a, to get to right now without fracking and stuff like that. Without right? fracking, there is that. Um, but as technology comes out, they'll squeeze more oil because they're not getting all of it. There's still There's still lots of it under there. But that's like the old school paradigms, right? Old school. It's not, they were not tearing down the, we're not tearing down the world. It's almost like the, this is, that this stuff is a distraction. All this woke stuff and this, this Marxism, it's all a distraction to keep us busy and thinking about that when all this other stuff is going on in the background that we're not seeing. Yep. Yep. We're, whatever the, the smoke and mirrors are to keep our attention away from something what and we won't know what it is until it's too late for us to know yeah and those people who are perpetrating this are just like they're they're just they're not complicit they're just being it's like it's like the useful idiots right i gotta read that read up on that phrase and who who came up with it was that a marxist i think it's a marxist phrase Uh, no 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 i i actually think it's uh, lenin or trotsky okay um i think I think that's right. Something like that. Hmm. Have yeah, you I, actually have you read Das Kapital? Uh, long time ago. Oh, you so you actually have read it. Yeah. So I heard your alarm go off, so I know it's time to go. But um, <laughs> I keep thinking that is. I think I mentioned a couple of times. I always wanted to do capital, uh, calculus, and I'm finally decided not to. But Das Kapital is another one that I wanted to read, but I, I've never, I've never developed the intellectual curiosity even to pick up the book. Really? I, it's right. too, too thick. <laughs> I'm guessing. I mean, I, I, if I could read, let me see, what is the thick book I read? I'm trying to think of a thick one. Sometimes I like these me- these like really thick meaty books, but you know it gets solutioned after a while because you just start reading them and then you're like, where is this going? Right. Well, uh, essentially the way I, uh, the way I think about it, when I was reading a whole lot, about halfway through the book, I knew what their point was, and all they were doing was was kind of reiterating it in different ways, but I I I'm. I knew what their main argument was. Yeah, which is the same for everyone. It's like a two-minute argument, right? That you can put into a blog post, and then they, they write two hundred words around it, which are just continuing. Just or, or, or worse, use the recipe thing. Is they they tell a whole story before they get down to the recipe. Yeah, or they they have it in the middle of the book or someplace somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I was, the <laughs> the main point is the, the center of the book. So you got 150 pages before you get to the, this is like reading um reading uh, um the fellowship of the ring. Yeah. The very first the first 100 pages uh, I it took me like 2 months to read that. After yeah. I got past the first 100 150 pages, I was done with all three books within 3 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you can read you can read them faster. That is that whole thing about the party and the departure and all that—oh man, that is a vanity project. I don't even—I don't even go back there. So, 
Yeah, I almost wish they could. They could. Somebody could. Uh, is there such a thing that actually works? I mean, I know we got to go, but um, is there such a thing as the as a as a realistic digest of these things, so you can actually, you know, get the gist of a book? I mean, readers well, digest be something like that. But is there is there something like that now that? Yes, uh, if you're a, a, a fiction, I don't know about, but a business of business books, there is. There's there's mm -hmm. a couple of them out there that will. Like for ten dollars, instead of buying the book, you buy you buy the digest. Oh, I forget. But that's, but that's about the same price as the book itself. No. Well, the the ten dollar the price of the book doesn't include the time it takes to read it, and this this takes that away from it. I mean, it's almost like the cliff notes. You're essentially you're talking about cliff notes, but even even if you go into cliff notes, you have to. There's a lot of reading to be able to understand all of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I came up with this business idea once, and then I'll, I'll tell you this, and we got we got I got to drop. But it was a uh, it was called Bookmind. It was all it was people who would read books and praise it for other people, right? So say I wanted to say I was a businessman and I wanted to uh, read a book, but I didn't really want to read the book. So I would I could I could connect with a college student who would read the book on my behalf and then summarize it for me, and then that person could could do the same summary for other people. And I would just connect with them on a 15 minute phone call and they would explain, explain the book to me so that I could, I could ask them questions if they, if, if I had any questions over it. I do essentially the same thing with Google talks. If I, if there's a book, if it's a Google talk, then I will get the Google talk and decide if, oh, okay, that, that I need to read the book. There's like, there's a couple of guys. If you look at the reviews on Amazon, a lot of them are like that. It's like they say, don't bother. All right. <laughs> Go listen to the TED Talk. TED Talk has everything. Yeah. And I, I figure there's very few people who 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 don't give when they give a Google talk, they don't give everything they know. Yeah. There's there's like a couple of them, but most of them they give the best thing and it's nugget and you can take you can take the hour presentation and, and action make it actionable. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. And on that note, I got to go. Thank you, okay. sir. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you later. I'll still be in okay. Texas, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let me know as soon as you can get out here. Okay, get... I will. I'll right. let you know. Talk to you later, man. Bye. All right, bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.